You are known, you are loved, and you are valued. Welcome to another episode of It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. Okay, so last week we left off where uh, the Jews were telling this man that it was unlawful for him to um, to carry his bed on the Sabbath. Um, he had just been healed, and all they could think of is that he was carrying his bed. So we left off there, and we're going to pick up today in uh, verse 11 in this uh, conversation with the man and, and the Pharisees. So I will turn it over to my host. I will not turn it over to my host. Read it. Oh, okay. Well, let me read the scriptures. <laughs> All right. So we'll start off in verse 11. He answered them. He who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Okay, so that's that's pretty interesting that you have this word from this stranger come to you. You respond and immediately you are made whole, right? Mm-hmm. And... Think about the, the the whole scheme of what's going on. You at the pool of Bethesda. Um, there's a bunch of people that's sick there. Normally, the procedure is that an angel comes, stirs up the water, and whoever's in the pool first. And I don't know to what degree is it just the first person in the pool, or you know, um, so maybe two people get in the pool at the same time. They both get healing. You know, so I don't know the this aesthetics of that whole operation, but you are around a bunch of people that are sick, and all of a sudden, one of the guys that you know is part of that crew is miraculously healed. Now, automatically, you're thinking, "What, what did did I miss the angel? Did I miss the stirring? How did that guy get healed? He was lame. How did he get in there before me? Mm-hmm. He wasn't even in the pool. He was healed." While laying down on the watch, you know, mm-hmm. laying down. And so you can imagine based on these verses we just heard is that he didn't catch Jesus name because the moment he rose up and took his bed and started walking, it drew a crowd quickly to him and said, dude, how that happened? You know, what happened? What the, what the angel can, did it come? What happened? How did the angels, did angels doing something? Are they doing something different now? How come nobody let us know that they're going to do something different? And so they're going through this and it's a crowd forming and Jesus just goes into the crowd and nobody knows. The guy doesn't even get his name because he's excited. I, I would imagine he's excited. And then everybody around them is excited and is wondering what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? Did God come up with a plan and he he emailed me? <laughs> you know, so Jesus stows away, and that's what was what's happening in uh, up until thirteen, ten to thirteen. But you have a point to make. Yeah, because Jesus came up to the man. He didn't introduce himself. He just said, 
Do you want to be made whole or do you want to be made well? And, you know, I'm just trying to think, how did he say that with all those people in that pool? They probably were close Mm -hmm. together trying to get into the pool. Mm -hmm. Did he whisper to him and say, hey, hey, do you want to be made well? And this man is like, sir. I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. When when I'm going, people step all over me and then they get in first and then they're they're healed. And then Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk in authority. I mean, he could have said it like that. I don't know. But I'm just just thinking as we're talking what that environment was between the two of them and all those other people around them. Because if he had said, rise, take up your bed and walk, and this man stands up, takes up his bed and walk, what, and, and I don't know if, you're, if this is what you're saying, where all the crowds of people now gather around him because he said that and they saw this mm-hmm. and now they're wanting the same. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the case. And where were the Pharisees at that point? When did they come along? When the man left the pool of Bethesda, went outside, walking, and they see him carrying his bed, and then they have that conversation? I don't know, but it's interesting to 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 know how that conversation took place. And then Jesus, like you said, he just kind of exited real quiet. You know, didn't heal anybody else as the story doesn't doesn't tell us that he did just said he he exited quietly yeah looking at it from from that perspective of how he approached the man you know um and the question that he asked him uh, do you want to be healed Mm -hmm. when you said that it just opened up some more questions for me or some more um excitement for me as it pertains to us today is that we are laying around, you know, in our stuff, in our mess, in our shame, in our sorrow, in our scars. And there's a message being spoken to us. Do you want to be made whole? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to have peace? Do you want to have joy? Do you want eternal life? Mm-hmm. And do we come up with a reason why? And that's, that's another thing, talking, thank you, Holy Spirit, is the fact that this dude comes with a an answer. There was only one answer he had to say, yes. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that. He starts telling them the dilemma. Mm-hmm. I have a dilemma. When the water's stirred, I don't have anybody to pick me up or put me there. That was not the question. Right. But he goes to his dilemma. He goes to his story. And I'm not saying the story is, 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 is not good, but I'm saying when God is telling you or sharing with you or saying, I want to, do you want to mm-hmm. be healed and whole and saved? The question is, or the answer, should, the response should be, yes, sure enough. And yes. Right. Y- yes. Of, well, we tried that before. Yeah. It didn't work. Right. Right. I tried that before and it didn't uh-huh. work. Although uh-huh. people are just hypocrites, such and such. Mm-hmm. And so we got all these different comeback lines, but that's not the answer that's going to set us free. 
what's going to set us free. And, and though he received his healing, think about it. We have this message from the Messiah saying, do you want to be born again? Answer yes. Answer yes. And, and of course, God doesn't mind dialoguing with us. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I think a lot of times we talk ourselves out of saying, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Even the man's response could have meant, yes, sir, sir, humble, humble, humble. God is calling for humility and sincerity and not excuses. If you're sincere and you're humble, if you uh, don't know, God, God, God to take care of that. But there was only one answer that needs to be said. I do. Yes, I want to make you Lord of my life. So I thought that was pretty interesting as you were talking. These things popped up into my spirit. Mm-hmm. So where we are right now is what? The, he goes through the crowd. But he didn't know who this guy was. He didn't know who he was. So there's a stranger comes in the town, right? You're at this pool, let's say 10 years, I don't know, 38 years old. Let's say 38 years. We don't know. And you're sitting there and nothing's happening and you're waiting. A word comes to you, you're made a whole. The guy stoves away, never got his name. And he didn't have that opportunity. So this thing must have happened. Boom. Immediately the crowd gathered around him and Jesus slipped away. So now they're asking, well, who is this guy that um, that did this? And he said, I don't know. So now we go into the point where Jesus comes to him in the temple. Yeah, verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Let's pause right there. You know, think about that. Where have we heard those words before? Sin no more. The woman at the well. No. I'm sorry. The woman caught in adultery. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So so we heard that before, but there was no precursor or no after word. This guy gets an afterword. So why do you think that is? What is your thoughts, your Holy Ghost thoughts on that, where Jesus adds this to behind Sin no more. If he says sin no more, like he told the woman at the at the uh, excuse me, the woman caught in adultery, sin no more because she was sinning. Obviously, there had been some sinning in his life. What the sin was, he doesn't say. He just says sin no more, unless a worse thing will come upon you than this that you've experienced for however many years, thirty eight years. It, it could be that the reason why he was lame was because of the sin he, he committed. Um, another thing is I find interesting because it says afterwards. We don't know how much time spanned mm-hmm. from the time of him taking his bed and him being in the temple, but he was in the temple. He was in the temple. He was in the temple. Where are you going to be at? You're going to be like, I, I don't know who that person was. Right. I don't know who he was, but I know his mind was right at the right place. Yeah. I don't know the man of God that came and spoke the word of God in me. I don't know the guy that spoke the gospel to me. I don't know the guy that spoke these healing words to me. I don't know him. I'm going to get the praise to, to whom it's due. Mm-hmm. And Amen. he went into the temple to praise God. Amen. I think Jesus disappearing through the crowd is kind of an, an example for us 
when the Lord is using us in someone else's life, right. not to wait around for any kind of praise or anything like that, but go out, d- disappear, go into the crowd. You know, you don't have to announce, oh, this is me. I didn't know you didn't. And like you said, it gave it gave that man the opportunity to go in the temple and give honor and praise to whom it was due because he like, it's gotta be God who did this. It's gotta be. He went in there and he praised God. And even though uh, the Pharisees were saying that's not lawful, this dude did not separate himself from the temple just because the religious leaders of that day were right. saying it was unlawful for him to carry his bed, he went to give honor to honor, who honor was due, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He didn't care about what the you know not necessarily care, but that wasn't a restraining order for him not to go back into the temples because the, the religious folks didn't quite understand who did this on on a, on on the Sabbath. He went in there to praise God on this day, which lets you know that tradition sucks man you know <laughs> i mean i mean i'm talking about religious tradition mm-hmm. can get to the place where it can cripple the flow and the freedom of god what god wants to do the grace of god you know so we need to be mindful all tradition is not bad right. you know but when religious tradition is choking of above the knowledge of god then that's when we need to cast it down mm-hmm. good point Amen. All right, so we have this point where Jesus says, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departs and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. So now they know. So now they know. They wasn't concerned with the lame man now, since they know who it was. Mm -hmm. It was Jesus. Therefore, it says here, it says that the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this cause, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. Really? Was that the real reason? why? I mean, come on, those are some strong words right there. If you break the law on the, on the Sabbath, right? And I think that was like one of the high things. God said, thou should honor the Sabbath, you know, respect the Sabbath. It says, for this cause... Because he healed on the Sabbath. They sought to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. They persecuted, Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. Do the people of Bethesda, at the pool of Bethesda, do they know that there's a Jesus on the scene and he's healing people? Or did the healing begin yet um, in such a magnitude where people were recognizing who he was? Because if he shows up, People like, because he had a crowd this way. It doesn't say any disciples was there. He pulled away many times mm-hmm. to be by himself, either to pray and, you know, scriptures say that. So this could have been one of those times where he knew he had a meeting just like he had a meeting with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And so he knew he had a meeting with this man at the pool of Bethesda. And so he just went. On his own, that's a possibility. I also see that uh, we can we can look at this from a perspective of why him. 
And, and a lot of us have that mentality of something good happened to one person and something bad happened to another person. Or somebody gets a healing or miracle in their life over the same thing that's going on in the other person's life. And the question is, why them? Mm-hmm. Why, why couldn't that happen to me? Why couldn't I receive that blessing like that? I cried out for uh, our grandson to, to rise up. And there have been people that had their sons and children, rise, people rise up that they love. Why not me? You know, so we can't explain what that what that is. We don't know why some people get the get the miracle and others don't. You know, we all have the same miracle. And the whole the miracle is, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that we, if we believe, will receive everlasting life. The greatest miracle of all that God would put on flesh, dwell among us, die for us, and now making intercession for us. That's a great miracle. So we can get weighed down by the fact that I don't believe that's God because that didn't happen to me. Yeah. I don't see that anymore. I don't see healing now. I don't see this anymore. I don't see that anymore. And we can get distracted from that and pull away from Jesus Christ. So on that note, we're going to close this segment right now. Get into the word and begin to picture the word. For me, I'm a picture man. You, you picture it. You start thinking about it. And the word becomes this exciting truth that you can wrap ourselves in this word. And then we become conformed into the image of the one that became flesh to dwell among us. As we allow the Holy Spirit room in our lives to do that with the word of God and not every time we read it, it's the same thing, you know, where that become a religious act that we're just reading it because we know this is what we need to do, but we're not reading it for the Holy Spirit to inspire us or expand our view and our knowledge of him through his word. So that to me, that's, this is what that does as we talk things out. And, you know, if you have someone that you can talk through the word with, you get to hear their heart. You get to hear what the Lord is showing them. And then that sometimes is like a springboard for the Holy Spirit work, working in you. You get this thought. It's like, oh, that's just like, and you you have a clearer picture of what the word is saying. So close us out in prayer then. Okay. We want to thank you for listening. And it's, as always, it's, it's our prayer that you would take the word of God for yourself, that you would get to know him for yourself and that you would feast off of the word of God so that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind because we are a new creature. We are not the old man. The old man is dead. He died on the cross with Christ. He was buried. And now we are raised to life in Jesus Christ. We are that new man. So we pray that we walk in that newness of life. And we praise you, Father, for the opportunity to speak and to share your word. And we pray that the seed will fall on good ground, that it will produce 30, 60, 
and a hundredfold to your glory, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.